Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So, verse 13 Chapter 15 tells us that the messengers, they come, these messengers come to David to tell him that the hearts of the people are with Absalom. You have to kind of put yourself in David's sandals here because this news that the hearts of the people are with Absalom is devastating news to the ears of David. David didn't know anything was going on. David didn't know that Absalom was planning to revolt. Remember, the last time that David spoke to Absalom was when Absalom asked dad, could he go to Hebron to pay his vow that he had made to the Lord? And David said to him, go in peace. By the way, those are the last words he ever, ever spoke to Absalom because the next time he, see, he sees Absalom, he's going to be dead. So David doesn't know what's going on. David has no idea that there's anything wrong. So this is shocking. This stabbed David. A messenger comes and tells David that the hearts of the people are with Absalom. This stabs David right in the heart. If you're a father, you understand how painful beyond all belief. Think about your son maybe taking over your company and you don't know anything about it, or there's problems between you and your son, and you don't know anything about it. Oh, you know, last time you talked to him, and you, everything was good. Everything was good. It was fine. For you to hear that your son is not only trying to take over the company and become the CEO, the chairman, and the COO, and, and the, the AA, and the AAA, and whatever, all the titles that go along with um, boards. But he's trying to kill you. This is your son. This is painful beyond all belief. It's one thing that the nation has turned against David, but it's another thing that your own son is leading the rebellion. The goal is to seize the throne and kill his father. So this is heartbreaking for David. But remember, why had you look at it? 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10. Keep that verse and keep weaving it through the text as we keep going, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 10. The sword shall never depart from your house. Let me tell you something about God. When God says something, it will happen. God does not lie. Did y'all hear me? I said God does not lie. Okay, that's where you say amen. Okay. God does not lie. God cannot lie. God is the same, thank you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When God said to David through the prophet Nathan that the sword shall never depart from your house, that means in Hebrew, 
the sword shall never depart from your house. Never. Now, couple that with Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, that tells us, you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. Galatians chapter 6 tells us, you reap what you sow. In other words, your action saints have consequences. And those consequences can go on for years. Watch this. Even if you ask for forgiveness. Just because you ask for forgiveness doesn't mean the consequences of your actions just suddenly, poof, disappear. Your consequences have actions. And they have reactions. So for that one moment of sin with Bathsheba, the consequences continue. David is reaping the whirlwind in his family and in the kingdom. Now look at verse 14. David hears that Absalom is on the way to destroy the city, and David has one of two options. Get your pen, fight or flight. Fight or flight. And what did David choose? Flight. David said, let's get out of the city before Absalom destroys us. Now, listen, every parent knows their kid and every parent knows what their kid will do and won't do. I remember raising my kids and somebody come knock on the door. Mr. Finch. Little Finch. (laughs) Did such and such. And every parent, you know, your kids, you know, your kids. Does that sound like them? You go, I mean, while they're telling, you're thinking, hmm, that doesn't sound like them. I mean, maybe they they could do it, I guess, but that doesn't sound like they would do that. Because that just doesn't sound like them. Or you hear, Mr. Finch, your kid did such and such, and you listen, and you go, what? You know what? That sounds exactly like them. Yeah, they did it. I know they did it. Stop right there. No need to tell me anymore. I know they did it. Because you know know your kids. You know how parents are. You know what I'm talking about. You know your kids. Everybody knows their kids. We all know our kids. More often than not, listen, they did it. All right? I know some of y'all parents would love to think your children are just little angels. And they would never, 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 never do something like that. They did it. Okay? I I always, I was that parent that always believed the worst. (laughs) I always believed, yeah, they probably did it. And then the kids have to convince me that they didn't do it. Which rarely happens, okay? Because they usually do it. Every parent knows their kid. And David knows his kids. And David knows the capability of Absalom. He knows that. David says, let's get out of the city before Absalom gets here. Now listen, there's another reason why David chose to flight. There's another reason why. Because, listen, as a king and as a shepherd... David acts in the best interest of the people. Absalom acts in the best interest of himself. He doesn't care. David acts in the best interest of the people, so he leaves because if he stays, it's going to be a bloody civil war. Now, you could look at this two ways. You could think, well, man, David, man, David is running. David is scared. He's a coward. He, you know, reputation's on the line. Pride is on the line. He's running from his son. You could look at it like that. Or you could look at it like this. David has a shepherd's heart. And as a shepherd, Some battles, listen, if you've been asleep, wake up. 
some battles need to be postponed. Some battles need to be postponed. Because if this battle isn't, this particular battle isn't postponed, people are going to be deeply, seriously, permanently hurt. And a shepherd protecting the sheep is more important than a shepherd protecting his image. Huh? Y'all didn't get that, did you? A shepherd protecting the sheep is more important than a shepherd protecting his image. David may be thinking, this is a battle that I'm going to have to fight someday, but not today. Someday, but not today. Listen, decisions like this is what makes David a man after God's own heart. This is what makes David a man after God's own heart. David cares for the city. Because if he stays, it's going to be a brutal, bloody battle and it's going to tear up the city, the holy city of Jerusalem. And a lot of people are going to get hurt. This is what makes David a man after God's own heart. And let me just tell you something. Let's make an application here. In your life, there are going to be times when you are right and the other person is wrong. And not all the time. Because some of y'all think you're right all the time. You're not right all the time. No one is right all the time. Some of us are right most of the time. <laughs> Nobody's right all the time. And, 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 and there will be times where you will be right and the other person will be wrong, but you can't live your life fighting on those terms. You can't live your life fighting on the terms of right and wrong. That's just religious. Hear me, listen. There are higher things in the kingdom than right and wrong. Sometimes peace is more important than being right. And I'll tell you something. As a shepherd, you have to ask God for wisdom in that regard. You can't fight for everything. Pastor Rodney can't fight for everything. You can't, even if many, many times or or sometimes, whatever, even if I'm right. Sometimes, even if I'm right, I've got to sit back. Wait, I say on the Lord, wait. You got to wait on God. You can't go fighting every single battle or you'll always be fighting. Some things are not an issue of right or wrong. Now, again, also, some things are non-negotiable. Some things are non-negotiable. Some things absolutely are non-negotiable and they are worth fighting for. Things regarding sin, non-negotiable. You always stand on the right side regarding sin. The word of God, non-negotiable. The deity of Jesus Christ, non-negotiable. The virgin birth, non-negotiable. The resurrection, non-negotiable. Going to church if you live in my house, (laughs) non-negotiable. Amen. Turn off the lights if you don't pay bills in my house, (laughs) non-negotiable. There are many things that are too petty to risk lives over. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Too many things we find ourselves distracted and they're just petty things. And they're petty things and and, and not even really worth fighting over. And, and in David's case, even risking lives over. And again, the ministry the same way. Sometimes you just got to learn to let go, even though you're right. Word to the wise. Some stuff just ain't worth it. Husbands, wives, some stuff 
just ain't worth it. Isn't that true? You just kind of find you, and you ever like getting to like, well, like l- loud fellowship, right? That's an argument for some of you, don't know. but loud fellowship. And then, and maybe you've been at it for a minute and then you go, what were we arguing about in the beginning anyway? I don't even know. Some things are just not worth it. It's just too petty. It's not worth it. Somebody once said, a bulldog can beat a skunk any day, but it just ain't worth it. <laughs> Let the church say amen. amen. David is a shepherd, and he knows to stay in the city because it just ain't worth it to get out of the city because it just ain't worth it. So he tells his servants, back it up. Let's get out of here. Look at verse 15. The king, this struck me. The king's servant said to the king, note this, verse 15. Y'all stay with me. Verse 15, the king. Verse 15, the king. Verse 16, the king. Verse 16, the king. Verse 17, the king. Verse 19, the king. Verse 21, the king. I think the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us something. And what's that? <laughs> right, right. I didn't think y'all get that right. The king, that David is the king, even though Absalom is trying to undermine that. David is God's king and he's the people's king, regardless of Absalom. The king's servant said to the king, Whatever you command will do. Verse 16, the king went with his family, left 10 concubines to keep the house. Now, listen, we know David had many, many wives. Uh, As a matter of fact, David had about 19 wives, if I'm correct. Um, Don't know how he pulled that one off, but amen, brother. 19 wives. We don't know how many concubines he had, but the Bible tells us he left 10 behind. We know that Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Think about that. 700 wives means 700 in Hebrew means 700 mother-in-laws. And we know that don't work, right? Y'all know I like this story. You know I like this story. I'm going to tell it to you. A man, I love this story. A man, his wife, and mother-in-law went on a holiday to Jerusalem. Y'all heard this before, I'm telling it to you anyway. And while they were there, the mother-in-law passed away. The undertaker told them, you can have her shipped home for $5,000, or you can bury her right here in the Holy Land in Jerusalem for $150. Well, the man thought about it, and he said, well, you know what? I think we'll just ship her home. The undertaker said, why would you spend $5,000 to ship her home when your mother-in-law could be buried right here in the Holy Land for $150? The man replied, Long ago, a man died here and was buried here. And three days later, he rose again from the dead. And I just can't take that chance. I can't take that chance. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> David. <laughs> David. David. Uh, look, at, uh, look at verse 18. David is leaving Jerusalem. He had his bodyguards, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and the Gittites, 600 men from Gath. Now, the Bible tells us all of his servants passed before him. Get the scene. Get the scene in your mind's eye. David is standing there, and a procession leaves Jerusalem. And in the process, are, or, or the procession, there are Gittites who are from 
Gath. Remember, Gath is a, somebody help me, Philistine territory. Isn't that interesting? All the men, as a matter of fact, all the men with David are foreigners. They're not God's people. Not David's own countrymen, not his family. They're nowhere to be found. All the men with David are foreigners. Let me tell you something. That must hurt David. As a matter of fact, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that hurt David. Why? How do you know that, Pastor? Because he wrote about it. He wrote about it. Where? You got your pen? Psalm 3, 1 through 3. A psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Psalm 3. The Lord helps his troubled people. Lord, how they have increased to trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there's no help for him in God. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. We used to sing a song years ago. This is what, you, you guys remember that song? How do you remember that song? You guys remember that song? Wow. I didn't think anybody remember that song. Okay, so, like, when I first became a Christian, and when I first came to Calvary Chapel, actually, um, right, honey? Yes. First came to Calvary Chapel, uh, that was one of the songs that we used to sing, uh, which I love that about Calvary Chapel at that time. They, um, they would, many, most of the songs coming out of Calvary Chapel music, I think it was called Maranatha music at the time, Right? Um, they, they would, their songs came right out of the scriptures. Like this particular song, Lord, how they increase that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. Remember that? It's kind of like a Jewish... Remember, it's like a Jewish song. It was. I used, to, I used to love that. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to Calvary Chapel was just the purity, I think, in worship and taking the words from the scriptures and putting them to song. So David um, is upset. He's hurt that none of his own countrymen are with him as he leaves Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, you got your pen? Psalm 41, Psalm 61, Psalm 62, Psalm 63, also written during this time that David uh, flees from Absalom, his son. Psalm 41, 61, 62, and 63. So David said to Ittai, the Gittite, in verse 19, why are you also going with us? Go back and stay with Absalom. You've been driven out of your own country. And David said in verse 20, as a matter of fact, you only came yesterday. Take your brother back and and God bless you. And David said, Ittai, I don't want to drag you into this. 
and you endure all this, I appreciate your loyalty. Go back and be with the king. And Atai is going to say, that's exactly what I intend to do. You are the king. Verse 21, Atai said, as the Lord lives and as my Lord, the king lives surely in whatever place my Lord, the king shall be, whether in death or in life, even there also your servant will be. You see, this is a Gittite. Are y'all getting this? This is a Gittite. This is not um, an Israeli. This is not a Jew. This is a, a Philistine man from Gath who has come to believe in the living God. And interesting that David's son becomes his enemy and his enemies become his friends. Really interesting how that's happening here. I titled this sermon, A Friend in Need, because right now, Itai is a gift from God to David. He's a, he's a real gift from God. He's a real friend to David. I mean, think about it. One of your sons trying to kill you. Your son is driven out or has, has driven you out of the place that you live, Jerusalem. His trusted friends have turned against you, him, and joined with his son. So as you read the psalm, you can see that David is really discouraged. Those psalms I listed for you. You can see that he's really discouraged. And right now, he can use a friend. And Atai, he is that friend. But isn't it just like God to send an Atai just when you're discouraged? Atai says to David, listen, I'm with you. As God lives, I'm with you. David, in life or in death, I'm with you. Verse 23 and 22 and 23, David said to Atai, okay, since you put it that way, go and cross over. And then Atai and all of his men and all the little ones who were with him crossed over. Notice the people wept and they crossed over and the king crossed over the brook Kidron. By the way, saints, got your pen? This is the first mention of the brook Kidron in the Bible. The first mention. Kidron, if you take your notes, means black. It means black. As a Jewish historian, you know I quote him fairly frequently. His name is Josephus. And Josephus tells us that during the Passover, Jews came from all over the known world to celebrate the Passover and to offer sacrifices. And from Herod's temple, there was a 35-mile pipeline that came from Judea and washed the blood of 100,000 bulls and 200,000 lambs down into the Kidron. The priests were busy sacrificing and slaughtering, when the priests were done, they were literally covered in blood. Animals' blood, covered in, because they were sacrificing and slaughtering thousands, tens of thousands of animals. They're busy, uh, sacrificial animals. They're busy from, from dawn to dusk slaughtering and sacrificing these animals. So even in David's day, when the tabernacle was set up, blood was flowing into the brook Kidron, and the water looked black from blood. And can you imagine what that smelled like. Just awful. Fast forward, John chapter 18, Jesus stepped over this same brook. Y'all know the story, don't you? Jesus stepped over this same brook and he looked down and he saw water mingled with blood. And in my sanctified imagination, I gotta wonder if he thought in just a few hours, Jesus, he would be the lamb that was sacrificed this Passover. And from his side, blood and water would flow as the soldiers would thrust a spear in his side while he was on the cross. Got to wonder. So verse 23 is the first mention of the brook Kidron in the Bible. Notice in verse 24. 
24. Okay, let's read verses 24 through 37. And let me see if I can get this done in 10 minutes. All right? All right. Look at verse 24. Y'all don't think I can do it, do you? I know you don't. I know I, I, know I can. Yes, I can. Because I can do all things through Christ. And I will. I'll just read it and say verse 37. Let's have prayer. See y'all. I'll do it. Don't, don't test me. I'll do it. Look at verse 24. There was Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the ark of the covenant of God, and they set down the ark of God, and Abathar, or Abiathar, went up until all the people had finished crossing over from the city. And then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.